0: Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. We're thrilled to have you with us on this Sunday morning. Looking forward to today's conversation with Leah Varnell from CASA of Jefferson and Gilpin Counties and Jane Devorak, CASA Advocate. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning,
1: Melissa.
0: Well, first off, Leah, let's start with you and get a little bit of background. Explain to everyone what CASA is and about your organization and the work that you do in our communities.
1: You bet. CASA, which stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate, is a nonprofit devoted to serving children who have been abused and neglected through our court systems. CASA of Jefferson and Gilpin Counties is one of five Metro CASA programs and one of 18 programs across the state of Colorado. We provide volunteer advocates to ensure the safety of children and help families access the necessary resources. April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, which shines a light on the needs we have in this area and how our community can help change that
0: cycle. So these are kids that go through the court system that don't have anyone else representing them. Is that correct?
1: They do have an attorney, a guardian ad litem. They do have a caseworker. Those professionals have overwhelming caseloads. Mm-hmm. Our CASA volunteers generally serve one child or one sibling group at a time.
0: Okay, so those that child or those children are
1: the most important in the system to them.
0: Okay, and how do they work then with the attorney? Are they attorneys themselves? Like, what is that relationship?
1: Our volunteers are, some are attorneys, but you don't have to be an attorney to be a CASA volunteer in Colorado. We do work, our CASA volunteers do work as part of the team. Uh, We're working to uh, represent children and families in the court system. And to make sure that, for sure, the the uh, children get what they need as their cases are moving through.
0: Jane, what do you want to add to that?
2: I mean, CASA Thanks, advocates Jane. can be anyone, Melissa. Um, and most of the CASA advocates that we have are working professionals. So mm-hmm. I happen to be, have a, I'm a business owner, and um, there are other people who are nurses and retired or, business, working in businesses from engineering to data analytics and finance and all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Men, women, um, we certainly can always use more men um, in our group of advocates, but If you're over 21 and you have a compassion and passion Mm -hmm. for children, I think it's an amazing opportunity to do something that dramatically impacts our community, not only in the moment, but also long into the future, because we have a real chance... Through the power of one individual to really change a child's life and their trajectory into the future.
0: Jane, explain to me what you see your role as an advocate. What does that actually look like, so that folks can understand?
2: Sure. For me, I've been an advocate since 2009, and very honored to be this year's 2022 slash 23. Um, state CASA advocate, um, to 16 different children. Mm -hmm. And in those capacities, I would tell you I'm a mentor, I'm a confidant, I'm an advocate in the sense that I'm I'm their champion. I'm their champion in court for the things that they feel they need and want and desire. That might be more time with their parent or whoever they're separated from. Mm -hmm. It might be more time with siblings. It might be resources in school. So my role is to interact with all the people who have a touch point with that child, and that can be teachers and therapists and the guardian ad litem and the caseworkers, and to report to the court what I observe okay. that they're safe and being fed and clean and in a safe environment, um, uh, a nice uh, a home in the context that they have a place where they can sleep and mm-hmm. um, do their schoolwork and they get to school on time and whatever it might be, um, helping the family to get back to a place of permanency. Okay. Mostly, I see myself as as a role model, someone who can give them a view of a different way of living and being, and also... An opportunity for them to thrive.
0: So when you go to court, you are really representing the child and their circumstances and what their best interest is. I represent their
2: personal interest. So the guardian ad litem and the caseworker will present, you know, a child needs maybe a special IEP in school or they need some special resources in the community. Maybe it's a therapist or, um, I don't know, uh, it might be some, they might need a bike to get mm-hmm. to and from school. So we Sure. work on resources and things like that um, what I do in court is I tell the judge and the parties that be this is where we're seeing some behavioral issues these are some some places where I think we need some additional resources this is the shining star this child um, one of my past kids had uh, was very fearful and he would elope he would run from the classroom mm. which is very dangerous but, but excitingly for me, I was able to go to court at one point and say that he has found coping skills that allow him to not do that anymore. Mm. And we worked on that. Right. What can you do when you start having anxiety? What can you do when you start getting scared? I can go to my safe place in the room. And we, you know, they established that with the teachers. Um, it's an amazing opportunity. It's some of the very best work I have ever done.
0: I mean, besides just being so proud of that child and, and happy and excited about the work that you did, you've also got to wear a lot of different hats in this role.
2: Yep, and sometimes those hats are tough. I mean, sometimes I'm, as an advocate, the advocate sees that child very regularly. We were visiting them at least once a week or you know, every, it depends upon what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but be, we are in contact with them. We are the most consistent, stable person in that child's life at this time. Okay. Um, GALs and caseworkers as, as Leah noted, have huge caseloads. So they may see a child once a month. Um, sometimes we do visits together, mm-hmm. and so um, it's an opportunity for me to have much more intimate knowledge of what that child might be struggling with. You know, I mean, when a child's taken away from their mom and dad, they want They want to know when they get to see them again. They're not always in foster care. Sometimes they're placed with kinship or family, other family. Sometimes they're with one parent and not another. So. That upheaval and trauma can be very difficult
0: to navigate. And how long does that relationship that you have as an advocate with the child last for?
2: On average, our cases last about 18 months. Um, It depends. I can tell you I've had cases that were three to four months, and I've had cases that were two and a half years. Mm. I can also tell you that I have some CASA children who are still in touch with me, and it's been five, six years since, since I had them. Um, one child, I the case, I had her for about six months. Um, and 10 years later, I get an invitation to her graduation. Oh. It was awesome. I was going to say, what did that feel like? Well, I had my cowbell at hand. <laughs> <laughs> I know her mom was proud and everything, and that's awesome, but no one could have been prouder than I was.
0: That is neat. What made you decide to be a CASA advocate? Um, Leah. <laughs> Um, Leah was presenting at a
2: Jefferson County, um, CASA had won a, a business award, and I have long been philanthropic in my endeavors, but I've always done those on a, a grander level than my local community. I've done them statewide and nationally. Um, and she convinced me in her comments that, huh, I'm all about kids yeah. and I should do something in my community that has a direct impact. And so we chatted a little bit and and now it's 12 years later, 13, I don't know. It's a long time later. It's 16, 16 CASA kids later. Yeah. Um, and truly, um, it's been a gift.
0: Leah, explain to me why CASA advocates are so necessary in our communities.
1: It's that one-on-one relationship that our volunteers have with the the children that they represent. That isn't happening with regard to the other professionals on these cases. Um, in Jefferson County, we're the first judicial district. We rank fifth in the state for cases being filed of child abuse and neglect. Sadly, we are only able to serve 44% of the new cases, and we served over 400 children last year. So there are a lot of children in our system that are going uh, unrepresented by a CASA volunteer.
0: How many volunteers do you really do you need? It sounds like you need a lot more. We need a lot more.
1: We need a lot more if we if we want to get to that hundred percent, which our judges tell us all the time that they would would love to have a CASA volunteer on every case that's coming before them.
0: Tell me, what are some skill sets? What are some personality traits? Like who makes that great CASA volunteer?
1: It really is a broad range, a broad spectrum of. Of people. I think, um, it, it, the ideal person is someone that can, uh, work kind of independently um who can look at this case and the children that they represent and kind of figure out a plan or how to get the information that they need to bring back to the judge and the other parties in the case to make sure that children are receiving everything that they need while they're involved in the court system. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time monitoring how the parents are doing toward uh, their treatment and then um reunification and then Moving us out of their lives so that they can go on and be a successful family, or in uh, in some cases uh, where that can't happen, our advocates uh, are there to help children who need to be um, who need to be released and hopefully find a permanent home elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you're going to you would have to have a huge amount of compassion and grace to do this job. That sounds so very important. Absolutely. You
1: also have to have a, a certain amount of, of boundaries and because our advocates uh, can't get so emotionally enmeshed in these cases that they can't see down the road, that they can't see where uh, best interest lies.
0: Yeah, I think think you're so right. Boundaries and compassion. I mean, definitely you need to have both of those from what you're telling me.
2: Right. I think it's also an understanding of of what that child's situation is Mm -hmm. and how you can bring your experiences in to be able to help them cope it's an opportunity for us to bring our personal experiences to help that child cope within their situation not as we might do it Mm -hmm. and the way that we live but the way that they do
0: what would you say jane is the best and the hardest part about being an advocate
2: the best part is being able to see those kids thrive and find ways to handle their situation um, they 're scared and they 're angry, and they miss their families and what they knew as as their normal um, and when When you can help bring them through that, um, you can walk away and go. <laughs> It's a good day. Mm-hmm. It was a good day. Yeah. The hardest part is trying to make them understand why they're in the situation they're in. Oh, okay. And and how their mom or dad has to work on some things before they can go home. Sure. Um. And I I hear people say a lot of times that oh kids are so resilient and they tr- they are that's true but that doesn't mean that these traumas don't impact them.
0: I think that is a great point. And they
2: carry them for a long long time. I had one Casa child when he was fourteen. Um, he left and was placed with another parent. Say four years later, I get a call, he's 18, and he says, I'm in Denver. I don't have anywhere to live. I don't know what to do, and you're the only person I can trust. Oh. You're like, all right, we're going to figure it out. So, and that's what we did. We, we figured out how, how he could get a job and how he could get his GED and um, where he could live and how we could make that work. Um, so sometimes those are the hard parts. Um, the good parts are when like my little guy is able to now cope in school and he's a rock star in math and a rock star in being able to socially engage with the other kids. Um, and the one who, one, two of them have called and said, I graduated, and will you be there and cheer me on? And of course I will.
0: Of course you will with your cowbell. Heck yeah. (laughs) Leah, tell me about the Champions Breakfast coming up. Oh, I'd love to. We have our Champions for Children Breakfast coming up on April
1: 20th at the Denver West Marriott. It is uh, in conjunction uh, with Child Abuse Prevention Month, and we still have room for anybody who would like to come and learn more about CASA and the wonderful work we do hear from a volunteer uh, like Jane and a former CASA youth. Um, it starts at 7.30, and but then we'll have everybody out and on their way by 9. Um, if people would like to attend or get more information, they can call our office at 303-271-6535, or they can go on our website, casagepogilson.com.
0: All right, and for both of you, we only have a couple of minutes left. What else would you like us to know about CASA and child abuse prevention?
1: I'll let you go. I I would like people to know that, uh, and it it piggybacks on what Jane said, uh, child abuse is pervasive in our community. We don't often hear as much about it because the children are young and vulnerable and it's confidential oftentimes, but it is happening in every part of our community and it is going to take all of us to to stop it to break that cycle to prevent it for children going forward
2: and i would add because, to, yeah i would just add to that melissa that it really is the power of one One person can dramatically impact one other person or one child in a way that really is going to truly make a difference today, tomorrow,
0: and years from now. One person can make that difference, and anyone can be that person. All right. That is such a great message. Uh, For folks that do want to get involved, where do they need to go, Leah, the website to maybe get more information, not just about the Champions Breakfast, but also to volunteer? You
1: bet. Go to CasaJeffCoveGilpin.com or call 303-271-6535.
0: Well, thank you both for your time. I'm Melissa Moore. Thank you for being here from Mile High Magazine on this Sunday. Go out, have a blessed day, be kind to everyone. And for more information, you can always go to the radio station's website.